All right. Good day, Justin here with Stay at Home Podcast once again. Good day. Good day. That sounded quite uh, British, right? Anyways, this is where I talk about a lot of parenting stuff, a lot of guy stuff, you know, just random things that uh, come up in my head while I'm watching my kids. Anyways, thank you for being here once again. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show, the the shit show. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> All right. A few uh, on this day facts for you today, February 4th. So today in 1789, it was the first presidential election in the U.S. in which George Washington was elected president by state electors to become the first president. Now, I did a little more reading on this, and it was kind of interesting that Washington technically wasn't the first prez of the U.S. Actually, there were quite a few other people filling in that role. Peyton Randolph, Henry Middleton, John Hansen, just to name a few, that were actually running things. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were actually running things between 1776 up until 1789 when he was elected. So, the more you know. There, there we go. So, anyways, it's Rosa Parks' birthday today, February fourth, nineteen thirteen. So that's the uh, that's a nice nod to start off Black History Month this month. That's kind of cool. Also, France abolished slavery today in seventeen ninety four. So there's a, another little fact for you. And lastly, Mark Sweet Baby Ray Zuckerberg launched the Facebook today. Back in 2004, and he never looked back and continues to evolve into a robot. Those are a few uh, interesting uh, on-this-day facts for you. So today, the main thought that I wanted to get into was money. Ways to save a few bucks, not waste hard-earned dollars buying shit that we don't really need. Teaching our kids about money and what not to do and what to do with it, right? And what kind of brought this on was my seven-year-old Olivia has just recently been asking about money a little bit more. I mean, we've always talked about it, but just she's been a little more interested in how much things cost, how can she earn money, or what chores she could do or jobs to earn a couple of bucks. Just kind of, I don't know, just showing a little more interest than usual. And we've, you know, we've gone through the whole piggy bank and counting bills and coins and I've tried to show her what's worth what and uh, all that stuff that parents do. So I thought I would just look for some good money-saving habits that we can teach our kids as well as maybe some tips for us adults as well to save a couple of dollars. So I think we all had some sort of little job when we were kids. Maybe not when we were seven, but at some point having or wanting a lemonade stand is probably the first little venture that most kids kind of take on. Or when you get a little bit older and you want to cut grass or walk dogs or, you know, rake leaves or whatever. Which actually last weekend, Olivia wanted to shovel our walkway. We got a little bit of snow on the ground and she wanted to make a few dollars for some books that she wanted at school. So I said, okay. And I hired her, quote unquote, hired her for that job and I paid her for it. So stuff like that, I think we can all relate with first experiences with money you know, if we want to spend it, we need to figure out how to make it. And we all kind of had little jobs like that. I actually don't know if I was 10 or 12 and I wanted to get in the grass cutting business. 
and I had this idea that I would start cutting grass and then I would save up and buy this riding lawnmower and I would just be this kid that raked in all this cash cutting grass and raking leaves and and be this little entrepreneur, right? Well, the shine for me kind of wore off quickly and I only cut uh, a few neighbor's yards, you know, for a summer and then that was the end of that little venture. But that was kind of my my first dive into, hey, I want to make money. But studies actually show that money habits and attitudes towards money are already formed by the age of seven. That's kind of crazy. Actually, a Cambridge study found that... All right, where was I at? Sorry, um, I got a phone call and school is canceled for my daughter tomorrow because I'm actually recording this on Wednesday, but school is canceled tomorrow. It was actually canceled today too because of freezing rain and storms. So anyways, back to what I was talking about. A Cambridge study actually found that even three-year-olds can be capable of understanding money at some point. So I guess I'm kind of happy that I'm talking about this now. But I don't really think that kids 100% understand the concept or the cost of things. They might start to understand money and what it is, but even my seven-year-old doesn't entirely comprehend all the aspects that come with money. She understands that things cost money, but she doesn't know how much. Like the $10 I paid her to shovel the walkway. That's a lot to her. She can go buy her little books or buy pencils or whatever, but... Like I told her, I said, dad would need six times that much just to fill the fuel tank in the car. So I don't know. In some respects, I'm okay with that. I don't want to necessarily scare her or kind of talk it up that it's this really big thing and that things are so expensive and are she can't comprehend them. I don't know. So I'm actually looking at a couple of articles I found, one on Experian.com and another one on Forbes, and I'll link them all in the description for you so you can check them out. But they both say to start the basics early, that we can teach our kids through our words as well as how we actually act, and they see that. I mean, these little buggers watch our every move. It seems like they're watching us all the time. So if they see if they see us frivolously spending or ordering Grubhub daily or getting whatever, whenever, constantly buying them even things that just show up for no reason, that they may actually follow that example when they get older and then have a weird concept about money that it doesn't mean that much or that they don't need to save it. And that's another thing too. If they don't see us really saving money or even talking about saving, then they're probably not going to do that as well, right? Also, another thing is, if spouses argue a bunch about money, kids are going to see that. The kids are going to pick up on that. Like I said, they see and hear everything. And in some cases, I was actually reading that it can cause kind of some damage to a kid's well-being. So if they hear this constant complaining about money, they could think that they are the cause of the parents arguing or that the reason that they can't afford things is because of them. So it's just kind of a slippery slope, I think, that we could be careful about. And my wife and I have actually never argued about money really, especially in front of our kids, but we, we hardly even really talk about money. And maybe we've just been lucky with, with decent jobs and stuff like that, but we're pretty frugal. We're, I don't know how I met another person that is as cheap and frugal as I am. So we kind of really seem simpatico on a lot of things about money, saving money, and not just blowing money on new things all the time or on whatever. 
I mean, we've talked about big purchases and discussed them, buying houses and looking at vehicles and whatnot. And we've talked about the cost of stuff in front of our kids, but we've never yelled at each other or gotten in some sort of kerfuffle over money. I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe, maybe we're just uh, lucky, I guess. I'm not really sure. But this article goes on and says that we can show our kids that things cost money, that stuff does not just magically appear when we swipe our plastic at the store and then we leave with these things, right? We can show them receipts or the price tags of things or even make games out of, you know, certain shopping experiences to find the sale tags or the cheaper options or the, you know, the knockoff brands or whatever. I actually just went to Costco and I bought a big old pork roast and Olivia saw it and my seven-year-old and she asked how much that cost. And I told her it was about 16 bucks. And then I explained to her that her $10 I gave her from shoveling would be not quite enough to cover just this piece of meat. And she kind of got this surprised look on her face like she never really thought about the price of even the food that we eat. So it was just kind of an interesting moment. I've also explained the cost of other items when we're out shopping as well. Sometimes, you know, she'll, she'll bring her money to the store and she'll know exactly how many dollars she has in her little wallet and we'll come across something that she, she really likes or she really wants and I'll tell her, well, okay, if you buy that, then you're only going to have, I don't know, $4 left out of your $20. So do you really want to spend money on that thing or toy or whatever? And I can see her really thinking it and pondering it. And usually she will be like, no, never mind. I don't want to spend that much money on something. And she'll, she'll pass on it. I think that kind of helps her to not impulse buy stuff that she doesn't really need or that she would play with or use for a day and then forget about. Like I said, my wife and I are frugal. We're, we're cheap. And that probably rubs off on her a bit as well. I'll buy the knockoff brand of everything. Probably more than my wife would like or if we go to the zoo one day we will pack a lunch with us and take it instead of buying that overpriced shit that's at the zoo it's just little just little things that i try to cue my my girls in on the Experian article also talks about setting expectations by clearly stating that you're sticking to a list or certain things when you go to a store and you're not going to go in and buy a bunch of random stuff when you're out shopping I've talked about this before, and we do this quite often. I'll tell my girls, hey, we're going to go to Target or Walmart or whatever, and we can go and we can look at the toys and we can walk around and browse the whole store if we want, but we're not buying anything other than this list of things we came here to get. We're not going to go buy a bunch of toys and junk and, and whatever. We can, we can go look at it and touch it and check it out, but that's as far as it goes. And about 95% of the time, maybe more, that works every time, so... That's kind of another thing too, is to set that expectation before you even get there and say, okay, we can look at all this stuff, but we're not, we're not buying anything. And you kind of got to, got to stay strong on that. Sometimes the kids will really try to wear you down. And then sometimes when they find stuff that they, they really want, I'll tell them, Hey, I'll put it on a list in my phone and I'll put it for a possible gift idea for a birthday or Christmas. And they really seem to be in tune to that. They seem to really like it. And it kind of gives them that possibility that they could get it later. Plus, a little secret is I do put it on a list in my phone, but more often than not, they completely forget about it and move on and don't even remember. So it's a little tidbit there too. 
Another example too is is when we've gone out to fast food stuff before, and my kids want the the kids meal or the happy bag or whatever, and and I tell them, well, we can get a regular meal, and you're gonna get more chicken nuggets, and you're gonna get more fries or whatever, and you never really enjoy the toy that's in there anyways. You're disappointed, and it's not something you really want. So how about we go for this other option? And they usually are on board with that. They uh, they understand and they don't argue about it, and they don't care about the little toy. And I tell them it's kind of a a silly thing, and they're like, oh, okay, never mind, and we move on. So those are just a a couple of ways I personally try to tell them and show them that we don't need to waste money on certain things. And sure, every now and then, it's, it's fun to go out and go shopping for little things or go eat at certain places and get things, but I don't think that needs to be a regular thing all the time. And like I mentioned earlier, these articles talk about really instilling the idea of saving money. A lot of kids' thoughts about money is on the spending side of it. So they say that it's also important to show them that money is also for saving as well. Saving teaches discipline. And another thing I thought was really interesting is that it says that it teaches them delayed gratification. Something that seems like is a lost art these days with all instant everything and and instant games and iPads and Everything is immediate and makes kids immediately happy. So saving money is, is, a, is a delayed gratification. It's kind of cool. And I think all our kids, my kids do, your kids probably do as well. We all have some sort of piggy bank for them. And they love putting coins in it and they love, you know, counting them and everything else, which is a good way to show your kids saving. But you can also use a clear jar to do this. And then that way it gives kids a really good visual and they can watch their money kind of grow. And that's not my idea. I read that online, but it's uh, it's uh, still pretty good. This Forbes article also says to use short, simple messages to your kids or around them, encouraging them to save money. Like, oh, saving is a great habit to have. Or, oh, I love saving money. Stuff like that. And the more they hear those things, the more apt they will be to probably do them themselves. Also, that it's okay to save for a short-term goal, with young kids especially. It's like that carrot at the end of the stick. It kind of gives them something to look forward to. We let our kids do this, and we also have a savings account set up for them, for each of them, and they know about it. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind for them, but they know that some of their gifted money does go in there, and it'll be used, I don't know, in the future for a car or for college or, or whatever, so that's just kind of like another way to show them and talk to them about saving. And it's also okay, we, we talked about it a little bit ago, to encourage your kids to make their own money, to give them ideas on making money. Olivia came up with the shoveling of the snow on her own, and I also suggested that, well, if she really wants to get serious about this, and maybe she could go ask the neighbors to shovel their walkways, or maybe even walk their dog. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities. It's It's good to show kids how to earn money, that it's not just given to them in an allowance. I mean, I never got an allowance, and I don't really think I'm going to give my kids one either. If they want to do chores that are beyond cleaning up after themselves and cleaning their room, then we can kind of talk about that. But I'm not going to pay you to take care of yourself, if that makes sense. And all this stuff goes into not just young kids as well. Um, A lot of these articles had... A lot of good points for teens. I don't have teens, but some of you may have teens. Do they even teach finance or money stuff in high school? I don't. I don't think they do. I don't think they did that when I was in school. But it would be really cool if they did. Um, 
I think that the main stuff with a teen would be talking about credit cards, how that's not free money, how interest rates work, some of that basic stuff, as well as saving for college and how student loans can kind of get ugly and it's not good to just rack them up like there's no tomorrow. And also maybe about getting a job and more a more serious job and making some more money. You know, they've got summer breaks and, and fall breaks and all that other stuff and they could start to earn some money and listen to a different authority in a certain aspect and get into that saving even more, I guess. Also maybe teach them how investing works stock market, understanding that, all that stuff. That's something that I was never really showed and I never really cared about when I was young. And here I am 40 and I still don't totally understand it, but I'm, I'm learning on my own. So that might be really good to kind of show that to your teen kids at some point and, and kind of shine some light on that in some sort of way. You know, I really intended on making this episode more about us adults and how we could save money and trimming some fat and stuff. And now it turned into more shit about kids. So, God damn it. Um, anyways, so for a few simple tips on saving money that have kind of worked for me and my family to kind of wrap this little segment up is meal plan. Sounds kind of stupid, but we started doing this a couple months ago. And it is it has significantly cut our grocery spending down quite a bit. Apparently, I used to go to the store and I would buy stuff for meals, but I would also just roam around and buy random shit that I thought we needed or wanted, and we really didn't. And uh, after the eighth can of corn that I brought home, my wife said, we need to really streamline this and figure something out. And it, it really works for us. So we make a list. We you know say, hey, we're having a pork roast today with rice and a vegetable, and we, we write all that down for every day of the week. And then we go grocery shop for that stuff only. And then, of course, a couple incidentals on there that you, you consume during the week. And that's how we kind of make our grocery shopping. And it's really it's really cut down on, on the cost of, you know, the amount of money we've been spending for sure. Also, you can get the app for your grocery store. And you can get the ad on there and you can get coupons on there. And it's really easy. And it doesn't take a whole lot of time to just kind of swipe through and tap on coupons and it'll add up really quick and it'll knock 10 or 15 bucks off your bill pretty regularly actually we do that quite often as well something else you can look and do especially if you have health insurance is log into that system and see what kind of perks they have a lot of health insurances will have perks for being healthy so they'll either pay for or they'll discount things that that uh, that you would use to be a healthy person, like a gym membership or a diet plan or whatnot. Going through my insurance actually saved me about 10 or 12 bucks a month on my Anytime Fitness plan. And the insurance we used to have before actually paid for the whole entire thing. So it's definitely worth looking into. Also, speaking of subscriptions or paid services, take a good hard look at those. It's something that I could do myself We have so many TV services, and I hardly watch most of them. My kids watch them more than I do. We have satellite TV, and I actually watch the news on there in the morning, but I could get that with an antenna, literally. And my kids never watch satellite. They're on the the Netflix and the Disney Plus and stuff like that. So I really think that there could be some trimming that could be had there, and we could cut down those bills a little bit. And that goes for other things as well. If you pay for a lawn service, you could look into buying a lawnmower. 
and doing it yourself. And I bet in less than a summer of doing your own lawn, you would probably pay for the equipment that you would have to buy. And then it's going to be that much cheaper for you. Or if you pay someone to shovel your snow or pick up dog shit, I mean, give that job to your kid and save a few bucks there. I'm just, I'm just saying, just uh, some ideas here. And yes, I know that people say that we should be focused on making a dollar instead of saving a quarter. And I do agree with that. I really do. But I also think they go kind of hand in hand and it's good to have a little bit of a balance there. And I'll actually probably do another show on making money or side money or the quote unquote hustle as freaking people call it all the time. I know I've talked about making money on the side before side projects. So maybe I'll do a little more in-depth show on that and kind of take a little deeper look there. Also, one thing I just wanted to say too is working hard and buying nice things is not a bad thing. And that's one thing that drives me crazy that people say is must be nice to other people when they get a new car or a new phone or a new refrigerator or whatever. It just annoys the hell out of me. It's like if you're trying to say that it came with ease or that the person blew money on something that they shouldn't have or they're trying to be better than someone else. Must be nice. Hell yeah, it's nice. I worked my ass off for it, or I sacrificed things to get it. Or even an aspect of a career. I got a raise or promotion. And you always hear that one person say it, you know, here it comes, must be nice. Yeah, it is nice, Gary. I worked for it. So shut up. And it's also good to be content with what we have as well. I have an old phone. I have an old truck. But in my opinion, I would... Rather do that and allocate the money from those things and spend it on other things like uh, like my hot tub, right? Okay, I'm done ranting. Uh, I don't know. Let's just let's just be happy for people. Let's cheer them on and be proud of them when they work hard and achieve something. And hopefully they'll be there to do the same for us. All right. So last thing today, let me touch on a certain holiday that is coming up. And if I talk about it next week, it'll be too late. So. Yes, that is uh, the 14th, uh, Valentine's Day. So guys, do your due diligence. Get off your ass. Get off your phone. Stop playing Wordle and start going to Google and thinking of something for your wife. Something that she enjoys, not just flowers. And I don't think big, huge gifts are needed, but something small and thoughtful I think will go a long way in my book. Not wait till the last minute, and then you're going to be at the grocery store floral department on the 14th trying to grab some flowers with 22 other dudes. So don't do that. And ladies, uh, remember the lingerie that your husband probably bought you the last year or the last five years? Well, if you just wear it and surprise him, then maybe that could be your gift. And uh, does that sound bad? I don't care just trying to think and and help you out so anyways or buy him a raptor that's the other option all right so that's it for today's show thank you for listening to stay at home dad's podcast reach me on social media or at podbean.com check out my little uh podbean.com page there it's kind of interesting it's got all my episodes on there let me know if you have any other uh cost saving tips or valentine's day ideas you know, we could all use some of those and I'll, uh, I'll regurgitate them on here. Anyways, please, uh, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your coworker. That would be cool. And uh, as always, you can get this podcast on all the major podcast streaming apps, 
as well as on YouTube. So uh, that's it. I will talk to you next week.